So as uh, I tend to bring up a lot, we have a softball team here at the church, and we're just having a blast playing, and thank you, one person. Uh, one person's excited, and it's probably Paul Firth. Yes, it was, it was, okay. And um, we're having a blast. That's because the guy's hitting like a thousand, okay? So he's, he's I'm great, yes, woo! So anyway, got that swing, we don't want to kill him. He's so, so fluidy and beautiful. Anyway, um, and so, I didn't just call him beautiful, don't worry. Um, but we have this, this, this team, and we're having a lot of fun out there. And this past week, we had a big game coming up on Tuesday, and we were just ready to go. We got it on the field early. We were practicing. And as we were out there, the ump came out onto the field, and usually the umps get there like 15 minutes in advance. They talk to Joey, and they figure out what they got to do, and this and that as far as the ground rules. But this ump was like a half hour early, and usually they just kind of come out and maybe have like a water bottle. This guy had like a whole cooler, and he was just ready to go. And as soon as he walked on the field, I was like, I just knew it. I was like, this guy is on a mission. This guy is on a mission, and he thinks that tonight is pretty much like the MLB World Series Game 7, and that's how he's going to lead this thing, okay? And it was so funny, because this guy, I mean, he felt like there were thousands of people on the stand, even though there were like seven, okay? And he was just out there to, to just do it all, all he had. And I just, I just remember laughing at him a lot throughout the game. First of all, he made some terrible calls, but we'll put that aside, and we'll, we'll give him a lot of credit for his heart. And his understanding that he was on a serious mission. And so he, he would get behind the catcher. And he would get real close to the catcher before every single pitch. And I don't know why he would do this. But he'd just be standing behind the catcher like this. Looking out at the pitcher. And I don't know if he was expecting to get a football snap to him or deliver a child. But he was standing there just like this, right? And then the other thing he kept doing was, and I would watch him. Ron, our pitcher, would be like, you know, Blue, how many ball strikes or whatever? And he would go like this. And I'm not exaggerating. He would go like this. Like that, right? And I'm like, bird flying? Like, what is that? Oh, two and two. Oh, okay, you know? Like, these were, I mean, just some of his mannerisms. He was on every ball. If there was a ball, it was maybe foul or fair. I mean, he was like down the line, practically on top of it. Like, if if he called this wrong, the world was going to explode. I mean, he just was so on mission and into this game. And you know what? It's funny because I was kind of thinking about him this week and just laughing about him and mocking him behind his back. But uh, I was thinking about how it's crazy because so many of us, here in church, so often, I mean, here he is coming to a silly softball game on mission, knowing what he's about to do, knowing what he's got to do. And so often me and probably us and and maybe us as a church and maybe all the churches around the world can so often forget that we're on a certain mission, that there's a purpose to what we're doing. And so I want to talk with you guys tonight about this mission, the mission that God has given us as a church and as individuals who belong to a church. Because the truth is, is there's tons of sermons. You guys come every week. Uh, There's an amazing band. There's some awesome production. There's a lot of energy, a lot of passion, great volunteers. We have community groups. We just got back from a missions trip. We're baptizing people. I mean, we're doing all this stuff, right? We're busy. We got a lot to do in a week. But you know what? If we forget what it's all about, and we don't even know, and maybe in the first place, what it's all about, then we're just simply wasting time we're doing religious things, we're being ritualistic, and we're not actually maybe accomplishing what all this was originally supposed to accomplish. And so tonight, I just want to say, why are we here? Why, why are we doing what we're doing? And how can we kind of measure if what we're doing is working? Kind of like all of us together, but also each individual, each of you guys. It is what's supposed to be happening in your heart happening? Because we come together as a church. Is what's supposed to be going on in your life as a follower of Jesus actually happening? Tonight we're going to try and measure that. And 
when we come up a little bit short sometimes tonight, I want to say this up front. I'm not trying to slap you on the wrist and saying, you're not measuring up, we're not measuring up as a church. See, here's what I want you to get right up front. If there are any shortcomings in us as followers of Jesus, the answer to that is to then go to Jesus and say, God, here's where I'm falling short. God, here's where I'm sensing the Holy Spirit tonight is just kind of saying, you know, this area or that area, I'm trying to grow you in this way. I'm trying to do something new in your heart and, and you're resisting me or, you know, it's just going to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, help me. God, I want to grow. I want to be on mission. I want to be the person that you've created me to be. I want this church to be the church it's supposed to be. And so tonight I want to talk with us about this mission. Because I don't think any of us want to waste our time by walking through these doors or walking through community group doors every week. I don't think any of us want to just hear another message or, or see another band or sing another song or go on another trip unless we just really understand and get what it's all for and how it all works. And so tonight, we're going to talk about this mission. We're going to talk about the mission that Jesus gave his followers and really gave each of us. About two and a half years ago, I did a series called The Process. And I talked about what we think the church is supposed to be according to what Jesus says, the words we're going to read tonight, and what it looks like for each of us. And so here we are two and a half years later, and I just want to remind us, some of you guys are brand new, some of you haven't been here nearly two and a half years, and some of you guys have been here that long. Let tonight, for those of you who have been around, be an amazing reminder, a, a, a time when you can really come just raw before God and say, God, are the things that are supposed to be happening in my heart happening because I'm a follower of you? And so let's look at what Jesus said. And as you guys return to Matthew 28, verse will be on the screen as well. I just want to say, if you're not a Christian, that first of all, you're incredibly welcome here. And maybe you've wondered what church is all about. Maybe you've wondered why people sing and why there's a message and why these people get together in small groups or go away to help people in need. Like, what's all that about? And tonight, I just hope to be able to make this crystal clear for you what all this is about. And so we're really glad you're here. So let's look at Matthew 28. Jesus has died, risen from the dead, and he's about to leave his disciples and he's giving them what's called the Great Commission or these, these final words. And this is what he says. And you know what? It's their mission. It's also our mission. He says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Now, this is a slightly off topic, but I just want to say that that's a really powerful statement because I'm guessing some of you here in this room doubt tonight. You doubt that God is God. You doubt that Jesus actually died and rose again. You, you, you just, you're just having a hard time buying it. And I just want to point out that some of Jesus' best friends and closest followers also went through that. They doubted. They, they, they looked at this and said, come on, a guy rising from the dead? And they doubted, just like, just like maybe you are tonight. And I'll tell you what, a lot of my life, I doubted that. And I had to work through that and seek God and look for him. And I just want to encourage you tonight, if that's where you are, be encouraged because some of Jesus' closest friends and followers were at that point, and then when they saw how real he was, they turned around and changed the entire world. So let's look at verse 18. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. Now these words are familiar to some of us, not so familiar to others, but this word disciple means a follower. Basically means go and teach people about who I am, and make them followers of Jesus. And this is where we start to think about this as a church and as individuals. 
Because the truth is, and you've heard me say this if you've been around for a while, that there are, are some churches that are great at making people followers of Jesus. They're really, really good at helping introduce people to Jesus so that they get to a point where they pray a prayer or they make a decision or they are drawn toward God and then they kind of begin this process of following Jesus. So a lot of churches that are great there, but then the problem is, is they kind of stop there. And after they kind of get somebody to pray the prayer or start to say, hey, I'm a Christian or I'm a follower of Jesus, then they kind of move on to the next person or the next group. And they try to get them, these people, to begin to make this statement or make this faith decision. And you know what? I think that really breaks God's heart because it's not the whole mission. It's just a part of the mission. And so he goes on in the next part, and he, see, he says, uh, in verse 19, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples, he says, of all nations. Okay, so he's saying, okay, go to everybody. And we're going to talk about what that means for us a little bit later. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's, again, what we're doing this Sunday morning. Baptism doesn't save you, somebody once said, but it's the first thing saved people do. Okay, it's his outward expression. All right? But then he says this. Look at verse 20. So before he said, go and make them followers. And then now look what he says. And teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And see, now this is where the other set of churches often ends up. You have some churches that are really good at making followers of Jesus, and then you have some churches that are really good at helping get kind of the, the word of God into people's lives. What you don't see a lot of are these two coming together. You don't see a lot of churches that are good at helping introduce people to Jesus and then help them obey what God has commanded and train them and teach them to live out life where rubber meets the road, everyday stuff. And so as we as a staff read these verses, we're, we're really convicted that we're not supposed to separate those two. That we are supposed to reach people who have no relationship with God and introduce them to Jesus, but we're supposed to follow through with them and help them get to the point where people then know how to live what Jesus taught. And I'll tell you what, and I'm just going to be completely real with you, that really feels like an impossible thing to do on a week-to-week -week basis. Like, that's a really, really hard thing to do because I realize some of you tonight have no relationship with God and you're not even convinced he's there. And then others, others of you, there are probably some others who have been Christians longer than I've even been alive. And so to try to reach that gap of people with the same service and the same church is a really, really difficult thing. And I'll tell you, that's why I'm glad the rest of the verse is there because look what Jesus says. He says, And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. In other words, Jesus knows the mission that he just gave is basically impossible for any person to carry out. Let's not say basically. It is impossible for any person or church to, to carry out. But he says, I just want you to know something, guys. I just gave you this mission to go and reach all people, all nations, but I want you to know I am with you. I can accomplish this through you. Tonight as our team was praying before the service, one of the things we prayed was, God, thank you that no matter how we feel, no matter how good or bad my message is tonight, no matter how good or bad our, our teams, our band, our production, our prayer team, no matter what happens in this place tonight, that God, you are drawing people to yourself. And I tell you, as we've watched those baptism videos, we've seen person after person who has said, there was this one night, and man, just during the worship, God made himself real to me. 
there was this one night and the message just, it was like God was speaking right to me and right what I was going through and everything changed then. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the times when we walk out of here and when we lock the door at, at whatever time everybody leaves, you know, and go home, we're driving home and it's like, man, God, I hope you did something tonight. I hope you showed up. I hope you were able to reach both Christians and those who are checking this out and everybody in between. And you know what? It's so awesome to see that despite how we feel, despite our performance, that what God is doing is just what he said. That I'm with you. I will accomplish this. I will send you and you will reach those that I send you to. And so tonight, I'm so happy and thankful that God is here at work. Because honestly, some of you guys, um, you're hearing me talk about church. You don't care about church. Some of you guys are hearing me talk about our mission. You could care less about our mission. And yet maybe in some of you right now, there's something going on in your heart. There's something in you going, you know, I, I, I don't get all this church stuff or this mission stuff. I don't, I don't really care. But man, there's something in me that just hungers to know if this is true. I hunger to know if God is there. I hunger to get closer to God. Maybe some of you guys are saying, I, I hunger tonight just to be near him. You know what? That's just proof and evidence that although by ourselves this mission is impossible, God is with us and he's working whether I do a good job or a bad job tonight. And so as a staff, as we've looked at Matthew 28 and really looked at scripture and said, what is Jesus saying? Here's what we believe he's saying. And we believe this is our mission. We believe this is your mission. And it's this. It's that we be a church that's helping people center their lives around Jesus. We want to help people center their lives around Jesus. So that when we look at our lives, all that we are is centered around all that he is. That means the way that we spend our time and our energy and our money and our passion and our, all our resources, all that we are. Now, this doesn't mean you sit in your room having a Bible study 24-7 every day. Live life, but live life in a way where you are centering all that you are around Jesus. Can we do this perfectly? No, because we're fallen. And that's why his grace is there. That's why his love is there. That's why his mercy is there. That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit to come and work this stuff out in us. But it's our goal that we as a church, me, Doug Jansen, and each one of you, be people whose lives are being centered around Jesus. That's what all this is about. It's not about bands and speakers and other people and community groups and missions trips. And, no, it's about at the end of our lives being able to look back and say, man, all that, all that stuff helped me center my life around a living God who loves me. Now, that sounds nice, but the questions that we begin to ask as a staff was, well, how do we know if this is actually happening? I mean, it's nice to have as a goal, it looks good up on the screen, help people center their lives around Jesus, but how do we know if this is happening? How do we know if people are actually growing like this? And so what we've begun to do is we've begun to say, all right, we gotta, we gotta be able to measure this somehow. If you come to my house and you go around by the back staircase that heads down into our basement, you open the door up, you'll see two things. You'll see a really big picture of Kramer, and underneath that, you'll see a bunch of lines with dates and names on it. And what it is, is it's my kids. We're tracking their growth, you know, and they love to get under there under Kramer, 
You know, every, every day when Kate opens the door to throw laundry down the stairs or take something down, say, hey, Kramer. You know, he just keeps going. But they love to get under Kramer, right? And they, and they love, and we just get the Sharpie, and we measure it out and date and, you know, all that good stuff. And, and we can track that growth. We can see, like, wow, Kate, last year at this time you were this tall. Now look how big you are, right? My son Landon loves to weigh himself. He loves it. He's three years old. He thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. I hate weighing myself. You know, I'm like, come on. I was telling my kids, I'm trying to lose some weight. I have to lose half my three-year-old. Okay, that's my goal, all right? And so Landon runs upstairs. He gets on the scale. He's like, I'm 33 pounds, really, in real life. I really, really am. You know, and he's on the scale doing his thing. But he's so excited to weigh himself and see the growth, you know? And you know what? It's difficult for us. It's difficult for you and I to be able to say, man, I've really grown a guy. Like, there's no Jesus scale. You know what I mean? Like, get on. Get on that Jesus scale, right? I mean, you can't do that, right? And so how do you know if this is happening in your life. How do you know if, if, wow, okay, when we come together as a church, my relationship with God, all these things, they're more and more becoming something that's centered around Jesus. And so what we did was, we basically said, all right, there, there are some important things that someone who centers their life around Jesus does. There are some important things that should be coming out of their hearts. And let me say this right now before we get to those things. When you do the things that are going to be up on the screen in a few minutes, doing them doesn't make you a Christian. All right? You really got to grasp that. Doing the things that will be up on the screen does not make you a follower of Jesus. What makes you a follower of Jesus is seeing a God who loved you so much that he'd sent his son to die for you and rise from the dead and remove your guilt and your shame and purchase eternity for you with him. That makes you a Christian. It's receiving that free gift. And then what happens is because you've received that free gift, these things that'll be up on the screen begin to flow out of your lives as you send your life around God. You know, think about it like this. I could have gone out nine years ago and purchased like a basketball hoop, a little like infant basketball hoop and a little infant drum and gotten some little baby toys and come home and walk through the door and be like, I'm a dad. Kelly would be like, no, you're not. You know, <laughs> you know? but a year or two later, Cade comes along and you know what? Suddenly I'm a dad and guess what's going to flow out of me being a dad? I'm going to go out to the store I'm going to get me a drum. I'm going to get some a little basketball hoop and a little baseball gear, you know. And, and what happened is, is it's, it's all about the relationship. You see, the relationship, now I am a father. And so because I'm a father, I'm going to go out, and these are the things a father does. I don't decide, let me do some things. That'll make me a father. No, see, it's all about that relationship. And the same is true with God. When you have a relationship with God, the things that are going to be up on this screen are things that come out of the life of a Jesus follower, that help us center our lives around him. So don't think that what we're talking about tonight earns you anything from God. It's just a loving response to what he's done for us. And so we're going to look at these things here tonight, and I hope that it helps you. And what I want you to do is not memorize these things necessarily, not uh, try to master all these things. What I want you to do is be like one of my little kids. I want you to stand up against the door under Kramer, and I want you to measure... I want you to just measure your growth in these different areas. I want you to be able to look back and say, okay, this is an area of my life where I've seen a lot of growth. Maybe some of the things that go up on the screen, you'd be like, wow, I've really seen the last six months or the last year, 
Some of you guys are brand new. The last month or two, I've seen, I begin to grow like that. And so celebrate that. Be thankful for that. And then maybe there's some other ways that are going to go up on the screen. You're going to be able to say, wow, that's something that I'm not growing in so much. And so what I want you to do with those things is not beat yourself up and feel bad about them. I want you to bring them before God tonight. I want you to maybe stay in the prayer time tonight. Or I want you to get alone tonight or tomorrow morning or sometime this week with these specific things that God begins to just kind of highlight as they're up on the screen. And I want you to begin to say, God, I want to grow in this area, and I'm not growing in this area. Would you help me? I'll talk you through some of it as we go. But here are the things that we identified as things that were really, really important and could help us measure growth. And so I want you to do that tonight, and I think it'll be really beneficial as you continue to try to just seek God. So the first one is learn. We, We feel it's so important that that every single one of us is learning about God. Not just like learning, but learning about God. And you know what? One of the places that should happen is here on Sunday nights or Sunday mornings or Friday nights. You come to the green room. Great, great messages going out Friday and Sunday morning. Come and learn about God, who he is, what he's done, and how to live like him. Who he is, what he's done, and how to live like him. And so you learn. And you know what we're aiming for here? All our communicators that speak, be it Kelly or Joey or Andrew or Pastor or myself, or, we're all aiming for the same thing. You know what we're aiming for? Deep and clear. Deep and clear. Uh, you probably heard a message before, and you've walked out going, that was like really deep, man. Like, I don't know what to do with any of it, but it was deep. Like, that guy's way smarter than me, so he must be real deep. You know, like, great, that was helpful, you know? Um, but what we're aiming for is, yes, deep, like the deep things of God, like not just kind of like every week, like, oh, guess what? God loves you, you know? I mean, like we want to be able to get deep into the things that the Bible says, but you know what? On top of that, we want to be clear. And so we want to be able to come across so that you're understanding and knowing how to take what Scripture says and then live it out. That's why those of you guys who like C.S. Lewis, he was the master of this, taking the deep and making us feel so stupid because he makes it so clear. Like, why couldn't I think of that, you know? Um, that's what Tim Keller does. Some of you guys like him a lot. Uh, even Andy Stanley takes uh, some scripture and just brings life out of it and makes it so incredibly clear. And so that's what we're aiming at here. And so I hope and pray that the services you guys attend here, you're learning about God and you're growing in that area of your life. But we don't just want that. We don't just want to like spoon feed you. We want you to be growing in community groups, learning there. But, but more than that, we really want you guys to be learning on your own. Uh, we give out Bibles all the time. We'd love to help you understand where to start reading. And you know what? This is where we go to God with our weakness. Some of you guys are like, Doug, I've tried to read the Bible. I've tried to understand it. It feels like it's still in the original languages. I don't get it. You know, it's so boring. I fall asleep. Like, I, I use it as therapy when I can't sleep, and I'm out in 10 seconds. You know, like, I just, I don't get it, right? And you know what? This is not a slap on the wrist. This is a time to go to God, like I did when I was probably about 19. And I said, God, we need to talk. That I, I, I struggle with your word. I struggle to understand it. I, I, I do it because I'm supposed to, but I really want to get it. I want to like read it and have it bring life to me. I want to get uh, understanding. I want to I be able to feel like I'm actually close to you as a result of reading your word. It's just going before God and being honest. 
saying, God, help me understand this. Help me get this. It's maybe getting uh, some good books even to read along with some scripture that'll help you learn and grow more about, more in your relationship with God. And so I'll just ask you this question before we move on to the next one. How you doing with this? How you doing with this? Measure yourself up against that door. Can you look back over the last year of your life and say, man, I, I've grown in my understanding of, of God's word, of who he is, what he's done, and how I'm to live like he has called me to live. And you know what? Again, if the answer is no, this is not to make you feel bad. It's to bring that to God and say, God, give me a passion for this because it's missing and I want to be centered around you. The next one that we feel is real, uh, uh, I almost gave it away, real important is experience. Experiencing God is huge. Experiencing God for yourself is gigantic. And I'll tell you, just being honest with you, that when I was first trying to pray about this and our staff began to talk about it, um, I was thinking all our mission statement and all this stuff was going to all have to do with the experience part. Because when I grew up, I was taught well, and I had some opportunities to live out some of the other things that you'll see on the screens in a minute. But the experiencing God thing, I didn't have a ton of that. And so once I experienced God for myself, I was like, wow, God answers prayer. He shows up. He's the real thing. I just like wanted that to be like the thrust of everything and the point of everything. And I remember I was walking around downstairs in one of the rooms praying about all this. And I just felt like God, like just, again, no audible voice, nothing crazy like that, but just put on my heart that this had to all be balanced. It couldn't just be about experiencing God because then things just go crazy. It's got to be balanced and it's got to all work together. Now, having said that, we want you to experience God for yourself. One of the ways that should happen is in this room because our prayer team that comes up at the end of the services, God has gifted and anointed and empowered to hear from him and to be able to just sit there. And I, these are the people that I go to for prayer. I know our other staff members do too. We go to these people for prayer and just, and I, I never tell them what I'm going through because I just want God to speak through them. So I just go, just pray, just pray, just do your thing. Just listen, let God speak through you. And man, every time God speaks to them so perfectly to my, perf- to my, my current situation. I mean, so clearly exactly what I was going through. And I know many of you guys have experienced that. And when, when you experience God, it just sets your relationship for God on fire. It just brings such passion to it. And so in this room, you have an amazing opportunity to encounter God. Some of you guys have encountered God through worship. Some of you guys have encountered God through the messages. It's like, you know, several times people will say, man, I feel like, like God was speaking right to me. Exact, everything you said was right to me. I was like, that's cool because I wrote it for you because you're a mess. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I just feel like God just spoke right through me, you know? And these are people I don't know or the communicator that's up here doesn't know. And God just did, did something awesome there. And so in this room, another place we'd love for you to be experiencing God is in our community groups. A lot of you guys, if you were around uh, a little bit less than a year ago, uh, one of our friends, Rachel, told her story about how she was in community group one week. And somebody said, you need to pray for Rachel. She's got this condition where her her heart was uh, causing her to pass out. When she stands up, her brain tells her heart to, to slow down the beating. And that's the opposite of what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to tell your, your heart to speed up. And so she'd pass out when she wasn't on medication. Prayed for her, nothing happened. Came back the next week. Same people said, we need to pray again for her. They prayed for her. And we're going on about a year now where doctors have confirmed healing, no more medication, and she's fine and good. 
apart. She was on the mission trip last week in 95 degree weather, picking up rocks. So there you go, all right? And so I almost passed out, but she was good. Uh, but uh, it should be happening in, uh, in community groups and just on your own, just spending time with God and allowing him to speak to you. So how are you doing with this? Look back on the last year. Have you experienced God? Has he shown up in, in times of prayer? Has he just let you feel satisfied with who he is? Has he given you peace or joy or hope? Has he spoken through our prayer team or, or right to your heart or right through his word to you? And so clear it's him. And you know what? Again, if not, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It's just a new area of your life to bring to God and say, God, I want my life to be centered around you. I want to live life on mission, centered around you. The next one is the word worship. And I just did a, a, a message on this, Bullseye Part 3. If you weren't around, you can hear all about worship. But basically, what we believe about worship is that it should be happening in this place through music. As we come together, we have an amazing band, an amazing production team that leads us every week. We have an awesome opportunity to worship God together. But it is also about our lifestyle outside these walls. And so I just ask you this question. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with walking out these walls and living your week with an attitude of worship? And what I mean by that is the way you treat your parents or your spouse or your, or your kids or your grandkids or your teachers or your boss, the entertainment you choose, the, all these different things. We do them all either to worship God or we miss out on an opportunity to worship God with those decisions, with those choices. And again, I'm not slapping you on the wrist because none of us get this perfect. I have messed up several times this week when I had opportunities to worship God with my decision-making. And I'm grateful for the grace of God that covers me and forgives me and uh, new mercy every morning. But you know what? There have been times too by God's grace when I have chosen to worship the entertainment I choose, the way I treat my wife and kids, the, the way I respond to some temptation or some fear or some anxiety or some pride, and be able to shut that thing down and say, no, I'm going to honor God with this thought. I'm going to honor God with this action. And so how are you doing with that? Is that something that Holy Spirit's highlighting in your heart as you line yourself up with what God says? And if so, again, bring it to him. God, I want to worship you in my life. I want to be the real thing. And so help me. The next one that helps us center our lives around Jesus is connect. And we want to talk about connecting with people, people who love Jesus, people who are on the same journey we are. And so we have several opportunities for you to connect. One of them is just here now. Here you are. You're in a room full of people. Not the best way to connect because there's so many of us, but the cafe is the next step or the lobby, just hanging out, being willing to hang out and spend some time getting to know some people. A better step than that would be community groups, these small groups that meet where you can really get into each other's lives and be real with each other and honest and fight together through the hardships that we all go through. Um, it's so awesome to be able to get into a room with people about your age, about your stage of life, and be able to talk through the struggles that we all have because you'd be surprised that you are not alone with a lot of your struggles and a lot of things you're going through. And be able to come alongside each other and pray and talk through stuff and help each other understand scripture and learn and grow together is an amazing, amazing thing. And so how are you doing with that? Could you join a community group? Could you uh, be willing to take some risks and, and put yourself out there a little bit more here after the service to get to know some people because we were meant to do this together. And so think about that. The last one 
I want to cover tonight is the word serve. We have a Savior who has served us in every way imaginable. And so we have to be willing to serve. And what I love about uh, our idea about serving here is that we're not going to like bring a chalkboard up on the stage with a bunch of boxes and just fill in your initials because we have needs. No, we want to get you where you're passionate, you know? We want to get you where you really, really love to be and where you come alive. And so we have a parking team, we have a greeting team, we have a childcare staff, we have cafe staff, we have production, we have a band, we have a prayer team, and we have needs all over the place. But I'm not going to stand up here and say, we have needs, we have needs. I'm going to say, bring this before God this week and ask him how he can lead you to serve to use the things you already love to do to be able to help other people center their lives around Jesus. And so how are you doing with that? And we just got back from a missions trip and that was a huge way we were able to serve. You know what else is a way we, we are able to serve is just within this service, just being kind to the people around you. There's new people walking through these doors all the time. Just being aware of that and saying hi to people and helping them find a seat or whatever helping them get through to the lobby or through to the cafe, just, just being mindful that, wow, there are people here that may not know God, and I would love to just be used by him. I'm not like on an official team. No, I, I can't. I don't have time to sign up for that or whatever, but I'm just here tonight to allow God to just use me in whatever way he might. And so what I did was, if you've been around for a while, you know this. I, I made a grammatically incorrect acronym to help us remember all this. Anybody remember it? Wow, see, people listen. Is that amazing? And it works. It's completely incorrect, but it works. Luke's is the first letter of each word, L-E-W-C-S, Luke's. See, that's spelled totally wrong. But as you just realized, about 30 or 40% of the room knew that answer because of that stupid acronym. And so here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to remember Luke's. I would encourage you to take it before God this week and say, God, which of these do I need to just bring before you and ask that you would just ignite life in this area of my life? And what I love about this thing is that it is 100% a circular thing. I started with learn because I started with learn. It's not the magic number one spot, okay? Some people experience God first. Some people come to Christ by serving or connecting with others or even a worship experience. So this is not like learn is phase one and once you've mastered phase one, you can move on to experience this thing is cyclical. It keeps going. And you know what? I've been a Christian a long time. And I've been in ministry a long time. And I'm going to continue to learn how to do all those things for the rest of my life. And one leads into the other. So don't think if you're up to stage four and you're a connector, you got the other four, you know, mastered. And you just got a master serve now. And you're going to be like on God's good list, okay? What way this works is, is we are all, if we want to be centered around Jesus for the rest of our lives, we're all going to be continually working through new aspects of those steps, learning more about God till the day we die, experiencing God in new ways, learning more and more how to worship him inside this building and out, connecting with others and serving others so that others are helped to center their lives around Jesus. And so that's what it looks like to center your life around Jesus. These are the things that flow out of the heart of a person who has centered their life around Jesus. Don't do these things because you think they make you become a Christian. Do these things because you have a loving God who has saved you, and now you have the opportunity to know him in an intimate relationship and grow in this relationship with him on a daily basis. 
And so tonight, if you're not a Christian, I hope you've seen clearly why we come together as a church. I hope you've seen clearly what all this is about, and that is a gift of salvation that a loving God wants to give to you. And he wants you to learn who he is. He wants you to experience him for yourself so you don't have to take my word for it. He wants you to learn how to be a worshiper, and he will partner with you in continuing the work on your heart and those things that you feel like you're getting wrong all the time. Watch him begin to change your life. He wants you to connect with other people because you know what? We're all struggling. We're all walking through this, and we all have our good days and our bad, and sometimes I need somebody to pick me up, and sometimes I need to pick somebody else up. And he wants us to serve because he wants us to continue to go so that more and more people can help center their lives around Jesus. And so if you are a Christian tonight, we're gonna pray in just a second, and I wanna ask you just to take these five areas and just bring them before God and celebrate the ones that you've grown in and the ones you feel you haven't Would you just bring them before God and ask him to begin to just bring these certain areas to new levels in your life? And if you're not a Christian, I want to give you an opportunity just to respond to God and the love of God tonight and to allow him to begin to do something new in your heart. So let's pray together. God, thank you for a mission. Thank you that that what we're doing here tonight is not pointless, that our mission is to center our lives around you. And I just pray, God, that you will be with every single one of us in this room, whether we've heard uh, this before, or this is brand new stuff, that God, you would enable us to be able to look at these areas of our life and see you do a new work in our hearts. And so if you're a Christian, would you take a second? And I would encourage you to do this beyond this second I'm gonna give you. Do it in the prayer time later. Do it in this week. But just bring these different areas. Learn, experience, worship, connect, serve. Before God, let him speak to you. Celebrate those wins and see how he wants to lead you to new growth. And if you're not a Christian and you've heard about this God who loves you and you've sensed that God's doing something in your heart tonight and maybe you didn't believe it an hour ago, but for whatever reason you believe that this is true or you're at least willing to begin to put some faith in it, then I would love for you just to respond to the love of God tonight just by a simple prayer. And this prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. You trusting in him with who you are and your eternity and your past. Putting faith in him as your savior and God, that's that's what saves you. And so you can do that right now. If you want to just pray something like this, just quietly, between you and him, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for conquering death and coming out of the grave. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you've forgiven me along with all the rest of the Christians in this room who are imperfect and have come to you for salvation. And I pray that you will help me now to know what it is to center my life around you and to live out a relationship with you. So help me, God. Help me to learn about who you are. Help me to experience you for myself. Help me to become a worshiper with my life, to connect with those that love you, to serve those that need you. Amen.